0: This episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new set of windows or a new door can do a lot of things, man. It can change the look, change the feeling, change the vibe of your home. Plus, it can do other things as well, like add value to your home and make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. They can provide window and door solutions to any home and work with the people at Pella second to none. So now is the time. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right. Uh, reminder: subscribe to the podcast. Just click that little subscribe button. Helps your boy out. And it also makes sure uh, that you don't miss any of the great pods that uh, we drop. So whenever you, uh, you, you hop onto your phone uh, that, uh, or wherever you kind of get your pods, that podcast is waiting for you. And ready to be listened to right there. While you're at it, leave a five star rating and a review. It all helps. I am really excited for you guys to listen to this pod. This is a guy Payne, uh, Payne Insider. You can follow him on Twitter at Payne Insider. P A Y N E Insider. I N S I D E R. This guy is a, a a Vegas sports gambling expert. I mean, he's a professional, and uh, he was he used to come on my my radio show on sixteen twenty game time every week. And I can't tell you how many people would email me. When's Pain gonna be on? I miss Pain. Make sure you throw a Pain spot like this. Everybody loved this guy. He's a great dude. He's fun to talk to. And the guy has the, this is a science to him. You know, most of us, you know, if you're gonna gamble on something, you maybe you know you got your uh, you got your wings and you got a, a like a Mac game. On a Tuesday night, you're like, yeah, I'll throw twenty bucks on this game. Like Payne, this is a, this is what he does, man. I mean, this guy, you're you're gonna get a window into how he became a professional sports gambler, uh, what that backstory is like, how much work he, him and his uh, his team put into to you know wagering on just one game. But you know, the big thing is that I, I wanted to. I wanted to get him on to talk about sports gambling with sports starting to return in the midst of a pandemic. Like there's a lot of different things to consider and think about as you're starting to maybe have some fun and sit down and watch these games and, and, and place a buck or two on a game here and there. Uh, And so we go over, Hey, fans in attendance uh, and, and neutral sites. How does that impact lines? What about COVID? How are you monitoring that? How do you see the NFL and its future uh, odds looking with, with certain teams and different, th- there's just a lot of different things to think about, and we cone through it all. I mean, pain is uh, is th- this is great. I think you guys are really, really, really going to enjoy this. Even if you're not a gambler, it's interesting. Like this is all interesting stuff to consider uh, and listen to. But certainly, uh, if you are even just a, a weekend uh, gambler or whatever for for sports, this is uh, this is a must. This is an absolute must listen. Uh, so let's get to it, man. Here is my podcast conversation with Pain, Pain Insider. Uh, he also is a, a co-host of Bet the Board podcast. He is uh, he's he's awesome, man. Enjoy. Oh, it's a blast from the past here. Payne, Pain Insider is our is our guest online, professional sports better, co-host of the Bet the Board podcast. Uh, him and Todd Furman do a great job. I mean, if you are uh, a consider yourself. Uh, any sort of sports gambler, this is a must. Uh, subscribe and listen to the Bet, the Bet the Board podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at Pain Insider. It feel, Payne, it feels like it's like my old sports talk radio days, getting to hear your voice. How are you, man?
1: I'm great. How's everything going your way? It's I mean, been way too long.
0: Way too long. Like, way, way too long. I'm doing, I, you know, I've. how are you has become such a loaded question nowadays with <laughs> everything, everything going on. You're like, everybody's good, but good. The 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 level of good has dropped dramatically. Like everybody's doing fine though, right? You know, I I'm, I'm hanging in there.
1: No complaints. That's great. Yes. And, and the last time we spoke, you were I shouldn't say the last time. The last time we publicly spoke, you were at the radio station. Yep. You've you've uh, forged your own path, which I love with the Nick Bob podcast. I listen to it. I subscribe. And a boy, everyone should too uh but how do you like this venture so far
0: it's been great i mean you know it is like you got to always try to find ways to evolve and grow and improve and then i still feel like although podcasting it's not it's not like the dirty little secret that's coming you know what i mean like everybody know like it's everybody knows about podcasting but it's still relatively new you know what i mean and i felt like it's something that uh has allowed me to uh you know, I, I guess I'll put it to you this way. And this is no, like, I'm very proud of the stuff I was doing on the radio, and I love radio, but I feel like I've put out my best content since starting the podcast. And I don't feel like I've necessarily changed, but I just feel like the platform and the the structure of a podcast just lends itself, at least for me, to better content.
1: Spot on, right? You can do whatever you want. There are no parameters I think you have more leniency. I love it, and we started our bet the board podcast in 2014. And I know quietly, I'd kind of been pushing you when we were speaking. (laughs) Like, hey, you're you're a superstar. You gotta like push. You gotta you gotta do something here. And uh, I love that the podcast is having huge success. And hopefully, you know, college basketball comes back around, and we I see know. you on the air. I remember the last game; I watched it. you and Tim Brando, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that was the shutdown. That, that was, was the last college basketball game that we had. So, uh, you're going to be a superstar. Love the podcast; it's uh, it's great. I
0: appreciate it. I will say that you know, doing that game with with Timmy B at Madison Square Garden. I mean, we it felt like we were the only basketball game on the planet playing at the time like you know you usually can you can do things you feel like man is anyone watching this or listening to this you could just kind of feel that everyone was watching this because it was so it was such a it was I think the night before was when the Rudy Gobert thing broke and the NBA shut down so it was like that feels like that was like 10 years ago right now yes
1: PC Nick was out
0: in full force. Full force. <laughs> I know and they said all right we're going to put you on camera and you're going to give a final thought on everything. I was like, "Man, I'm going to just smile, give two thumbs up and say, "See <laughs> you guys know, I, I
1: didn't know Take what this to home, say. Tim, <laughs> yeah, Tim,
0: you'd bring us home here. Have you I, you know, I know for uh for someone like you that's immersed in sports gambling and just the whole you seem like a guy that is in love with the process of of it all right like digging into the data digging into the analytics and and all that goes into that how hard has this last four months been with no sports where it's like your what you kind of wake up and do every day is all of a sudden kind of the rug gets pulled out I know it's been hard for people that just like watching sports but you kind of you come at it from a different way
1: it's been terrible man I gotta be (laughs) honest with you it's so bad without sports it's it's in my dna it's what i decided to do i i, I mean i gotta tell you i dropped out of school to do this and people would be like eh, turn off the podcast now but like <laughs> i i stopped going to school because this became more advantageous to me right and it's my lifeline it's my lifeblood and you start to figure out ways because it's human nature you get out of your comfort zone you're like waking up the next morning like well, what am i doing yeah. Um, so you have to create yourself a schedule. Like I decided after about two weeks of like <laughs> sitting home and catching up on Netflix shows, I'm like, I, I, this can't be life. Right. I have to figure out a game plan here. And so I started writing out like an hour by hour schedule of each of my days. And that certainly helped kind of get over this. And thank God, uh, sports are back.
0: Have you in the... Sports have been canceled, but there have been things like Korean baseball or like, have you, like you, one thing you always talk about when you kind of give advice to gamblers is discipline, right? Like it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint and having discipline. How, how have your, how's your discipline been with being able to maybe just wager 20 bucks on a Korean baseball game or something like that?
1: As much as I love sports. (laughs) I have not delved into that because I just don't have an edge. Right. And for me, this is about money, and I think a lot of people will be, like, shocked by this. But at the end of the day, we're working 12 to 18 hours a day, okay? And literally one-half point at the end of a week can be the difference between earning money and not. And you put this in perspective. It's like when you go to your job, your 9 to 5 or whatever it is, and you have a shitty week, yeah. you're still getting paid. Right, okay? right. And that's the difference. So you got to be mentally tough. And the one thing that I've always done is try not to just piss my money away. Yep. Uh, so it's important. I'm, I'm entering markets with an edge, whether it's sports betting, whether it's the stock market. It's just not fun for me. Um, it, it's certainly a game at a higher level.
0: So, okay, I want to back up for a second because I actually had this question wrote down, and you went into it. Okay, give me, give me the go into more detail. You're in school, you drop out to to do this. <laughs> give me the backstory though. Like, did you meet somebody that got you more interested in the the you know the the professional side of it? Give me the give me the backstory how you became a <laughs> professional gambler.
1: So, listen, I didn't love school. I was the guy that without studying, without preparing, got by with, you know, C's yep. and C pluses and B minuses. So I was fortunate in that regard. I said, this isn't for me, but I was always into sports, got into betting a little bit. And over a couple of years, I said, man, I can make some decent money here. Uh, a couple buddies started paying me for games and it kind of developed into that. But here's a really odd story. And I don't think I've ever told anybody this. So first time here. Yes. And it's somewhat I I wouldn't call it embarrassing, but it's certainly not someone that you would look to for advice in this space currently. Okay. But I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Two for the Money with uh, Al Pacino and Matthew McConaughey. I haven't. Okay. So it's a movie based upon uh, a sports better named Brandon Lang. And I have to tell you, one of my very best friends at the time, and this is mid-2000s, uh, calls me out of the blue one Christmas morning and he says, Hey, I got someone here that wants to talk to you. You'll never believe who it is. And on pops Brandon Lang on the phone. What? <laughs> Apparently, it's his next door neighbor now. So <laughs> he starts talking to me. He's like, Hey, you know, you got to start, uh, open up a website. Do this, do that. And I, I gotta tell you, it's like, oh my God, this guy just had a movie made about him about Matthew McConaughey and and you know, Al Pacino. It's like, okay, maybe this guy knows what he's talking about. He didn't necessarily know what he's talking about now that I'm more well versed, but it certainly got me into the space full fledged, and that was kind of the driving wow. force for me getting in the space. But you fast forward, and I would say around two thousand and nine, and this will shock people, but social media changed my life. Okay. I got on there and I started tweeting about things and, and not to go too high level, but uh, baseball totals, right? Yep. Talking about barometric pressure and what sea level does to baseball totals, <laughs> um, how baseball travel. I mean, you look at the Chicago Cubs. There's a reason when you're looking at Cubs home games at Wrigley field, the total isn't put out to game day because wind blowing in wind blowing out is a huge factor. And I started, kind of tweeting about how every mile per hour of wind at Wrigley field is about four feet. So you think about this, you got oh wind blowing in yeah. at 11 miles per hour. It's like all of a sudden center fields playing 30 feet shorter, 40 feet short. Right. It's going to have an impact on totals. And I got a, I got a direct message from someone that said, Hey, uh, the head of my group would love to speak with you. Can you delete that tweet? And I said, sure, not a problem. And it's probably one of the largest, sports bettors uh, in the world and so I started doing some work with their group and it's and materialized it and, yeah. and grown since then and then I also met my, my colleague Todd from yeah, social media he, so uh, wow dude that is a uh, it's been a weird a, path yes Get,
0: okay you bring up all that stuff i mean you're talking about this is what's funny like you know some guys are just they'll turn on the tv and listen this is a part of it you know and they you know they got a pizza they got a they got they just got done with work and they got a, a random baseball game on and they're going to watch it. So they're like, you know what? I'm going to throw a little money on it just for fun. And listen, that's fine. You know, but like for someone like you that does this professionally, give, give my audience like, Oh, give a, give them a window into one, NFL game or one big bet like how much goes into that like how much research how many I mean we're talking a whole week every day looking up stuff I mean you already talked about miles per hour at Wrigley Field and impacting the amount of feet on the on everything I mean give give us a little window into how much goes into kind of just maybe even one game that you're wagering on
1: it's pretty crazy the amount of time that goes into it, right? So you're going to start with your core number that you're using from your power ratings. You're going to dig into matchups. If it's a football game, Uh, you're going to do your reading because that is required, right? Combing the internet, reading articles, getting coaches, quotes, getting player quotes. Now we're we have social media that we have to pay attention to. Are we tracking players and what their habits are? Yes, what's going on before game sure. day? What are they doing? Are they out partying with friends? All of that is is vital to what we're doing right now. Information certainly plays a, a role in this as well. Um, I can tell you, and again, I have not said this to anybody other than a couple of my colleagues in confidence, but my first, I would say, massive, massive bet uh, came in the lockout Shortened season in the NBA. Okay. Okay. And I'm trying to think of what year this was. Would that have been in like 2012, 11? Yeah, 12? 11,
0: 12 in that area. Yeah.
1: Okay. So the Dallas Mavericks. Yep. Were the defending champions. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, the games got pushed back to Christmas Day that year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sports books, trying to drum up action, opened lines about. 28 days in advance of this game and the opening game was dallas and miami and miami had just lost the championship to dallas uh it was going to be ring ceremony day so they were going to watch uh the dallas mavericks receive their their rings and i had kind of known through information that and i'm sure you know this the Miami Heat have one of the very best conditioning programs there is in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It is ridiculous. So you had the edge of uh, LeBron and Wade watching these guys accept rings. I knew the conditioning level would be different. And informationally, we saw Dirk uh, out partying in Germany, <laughs> getting high. <Yeah. laughs> I had gotten a note that Jason Terry hadn't touched the basketball until right. seven days prior to camp. So there's a lot of big information, and for about 28 days, I was slowly leaking money into the betting market uh, in Vegas, offshore. We were taking the heat, plus one, pick them, minus one. Fast forward all the way to Christmas Day, and I'm looking down. And it's, again, one of my biggest bets to that, to that standpoint we've got about 58,000 down on this game and we're looking at the heat as a six point favorite. And my guys are like, Hey, are we going to come back the other way and try to mill this game? I said, absolutely not. (laughs) Um, And fortunately, you know, a couple minutes left in the third quarter, the heat were up 31. So, Oh my uh, God. It's, it was, you know, information plays a huge role um, matchups but at the end of the day, a lot of these guys, right? We, we idolize them. With the posters on the wall. We're wearing their jerseys. They're human beings. So you have that human nature element. And so when you got, when I found out Dirk and Jason Terry were out there, two key cogs, just partying their ass away yeah. <laughs> off season. And I know how determined the Miami Heat were being local uh, in that conditioning program. It was uh, it was a no brainer. for That's
0: us. incredible. Wait, okay, so when you got a bet like that, what's your style? Do you watch? Do you do you need to watch by yourself? Is it better to hang out with a group? Do you just not even watch? like what's what's it like when you got that much dough on a game for you watching?
1: I was confident in that one, Barry. Yep. So that's one I just watched, relaxed on the couch. I think I was with my old man, and I said. Game day when it was minus six, I said, Damn, I wish I had about a 4x on this game. Right. Uh, (laughs) So that's kind of that, that was kind of the mindset for that one. Oh,
0: that's incredible. That is, that's incredible. This is. You know, because I wanted to get you on to talk. I mean, we could just talk like great sports gambling stories with you, but we haven't even talked about anything we were supposed to. No, I know. I sent you like a list of stuff I kind of wanted to get new because I, you know, with the, I was, I I had you earmarked. I was like, you know, when sports really gets off the ground a little bit, I want to get paint on because I, I think there's a lot of people that, that love to, to wager a few bucks. And in the midst of the pandemic, there, there's a lot of things that are maybe a little bit tough to kind of size up. Um, I was, I was thinking about this. We'll start with this pain.
1: Do you, I don't know your schedule, by the way. I mean, this is a podcast. I always yell. I, this, this, this ticks me off a little bit and people are going (laughs) to, right. You you have like the, uh, corporate analytic guys who have these podcast conferences, like, Hey, (laughs) our numbers suggest you can't go over. Forty three minutes. Right, right. Okay. I don't <laughs> And then and then all of a sudden Joe Rogan goes out and signs a hundred million dollar deal, his podcast for three hours. If you provide good content, it doesn't people matter. are gonna listen. It right? doesn't matter. Time is irrelevant.
0: It doesn't matter. We l- listen, with the stories you've given so far, I could wrap it up and it'd be great. And we've been talking for like fifteen minutes right now, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't so listen. I don't know, man. I got no plan. Uh I don't know how long no this is. Gonna go. Let's, do this. Uh, let's go. Uh, okay, do you in the, the th- first thing I, I wrote down was, do you anticipate a dramatic dip in public money or maybe even an overall money wager on sports because of the economic co- climate of what's going on with the pandemic? And if so, how does that maybe impact your gambling world?
1: So, I, you listen, I don't want to be deaf to what's going on in the world, Nick, but I know sports shows like these kind of serve as an escape for most people right if you want politics go log on to your social you know whatever it is your favorite social media channel just turn on the tv you're going to get that
0: you're going to get plenty of it
1: (laughs) what i can say is is people love sports you know it's part of their dna um when you have that taken away for long stretches you're going to cherish when it returns and i can tell you the yankees nationals opening day game it's a regular season game it did more handle than any of the World Series games last year, Wow! right? Now, there are these underlying economic issues, and they don't fully show their hand until months and months after they're visible and apparent to, like, the most savvy people. But here's a parallel I've kind of been using when I get asked this question. The collectible card market, it is absolutely booming right now. I'm not sure if you've seen this or not but a LeBron James rookie card sold for over $1.8 million I saw a few that. weeks yep. back. Yep. Okay. Right. ESPN picked it up, sports Center journalists. They all ran with the story for a few days. And then LeBron James chimes in and is like, I own a few of those. And we had Gary Vee. Right? He's been a huge advocate for the space. Yep. I know you've listened to Bet the Board. I started talking cards and hinting at them 16 months prior to Gary Vee. So I feel good about that. But what we have seen, and I think it relates to sports betting a little bit in your question, People are home right now, so they're doing two things. They're watching TV, they're surfing the internet. If you're watching sports on TV, I think you're gonna be Mm betting. And I think some people are actually making more staying home from unemployment, the stimulus checks, uh, than they were when they were working. And those folks aren't spending money on gas to get to and from work. People are eating at home, they're not spending money at restaurants, they're not in bars and clubs. People that saved up money for their summer vacations aren't traveling, so they have that nut now. Yeah. I think all those factors have kind of created this massive spike in the collectibles market, and I think it creates a spark in uh, a spike in the betting market at least for the next handful of months for sure. That
0: makes sense. That makes that makes complete sense. Do you you know, you and I were texting a little bit and talking a little bit. How how are you guys approaching certain future over under bets in various leagues with the understanding that I mean we've already seen with the Marlins having to have some games canceled and we, you know, it feels like an inevitability that there are going to be games canceled. Now people don't need to freak out over a canceled game. Like, you know, I think that's why I have protocols in place for the season to kind of keep on churning along. But how have you guys maybe saw, or you seen future over under bets? Do you want to steer clear of them because you kind of have no idea what those numbers are going to look like when all the dust settles?
1: So if we're specifically talking about season-long win totals, right, over-unders, I think pro bettors have always felt a little bit differently about them than recreational bettors. If sports betting is a hobby, you enjoy plunking down 100 bucks on your favorite team and that provides 16 weeks of entertainment, if we're speaking NFL, yep, awesome, right? But for pro bettors, I think the idea of tying up your money for four to eight months, depending on when you enter that market on win totals, it's always meant we needed a larger edge to enter that market. The edge has to be greater than what we're looking at to bet a regular you know, Tuesday night game that's decided in a few hours. Knowing that one game being canceled due to COVID causes a, a win total ticket to be refunded has us operating even more cautiously this offseason. Like if you can think about this, say the Bills win total, it's set at 8. They start 9-0, and oh, then all of a sudden one game gets canceled. That ticket's now refunded. So, Mm. you know, in general, we need a larger edge to invest in this because there's just so much that we can do with that capital over that four to eight months. Um, And I think that becomes even more exaggerated this offseason. I think we'll feel a little bit better, especially speaking with NFL um, on August 4th. That's the deadline approaching for players officially having to opt out. They have to decide by then. I think we'll feel a little bit more comfortable betting win totals after that date, and I can tell you from a sportsbook perspective, the guys that I have spoken to, the volume is certainly down on win totals across the board. Hey, guys,
0: quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors. And I, I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella windows of Omaha and Lincoln, they're following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home. And all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days. If uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha, Lincoln area, Bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So, man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates And uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella, so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Do you, you know... Something that you guys always have to pay close attention to is injury reports, and you're tracking guys with ankles, with shoulders, with with knees, different things like that. Now you're going to have to be tracking who's getting positive tests for the virus, and and who's in, who's out. Okay, who's now having to be quarantined because they were in close proximity to someone? How challenging is that? Have you guys even thought about how you're going to go about doing that with with how you're going to be gambling money on these on on sports? Because that's that's challenging
1: you have to. And like, it's as if I didn't already have a life, right? Like we're already working like 12 to 18 hours a day, mostly in front of a, you know, computer screens, but you have to monitor everything. You know, guys getting scratched. Uh, What are you doing with that? I'm going to be intrigued is seeing how we operate come football season. Like when, when is my group and other big bettors going to enter the market betting games early in the week, getting out ahead of line moves, is typically something we've always done. But inevitably, players are going to test positive. So having your money down on a Tuesday or Wednesday and finding out Friday morning the starting quarterback is out, that's probably going to change things to a certain degree with how we operate and how we're going to enter markets. So it's certainly something that we're going to have to adapt to. Uh, it's going to be a little bit on the fly. I think we'll, as sports bettors, have a little bit more information than the casual fan. I and bet you will. That will a great deal. Yep. Uh, but it's certainly going to be something that we have to navigate, and it's going to be a little bit on the fly. Uh, it, it's certainly going to be a challenge. There's no doubt about that.
0: But Payne, you know, you, you bring as you were talking. I was I was thinking about because you bring up a point about you know you. you I'm sure there's going to be times, and you guys do this anyways, but sometimes you don't where you you sit there and you wait on a number or you're waiting to, to place a bet. Sometimes you're waiting to get the line to a certain number that you guys like, but sometimes you maybe need to wait until Friday to figure out if Brady's playing or not, or if, you know, or if Lamar Jackson's playing or not, or, you know, it's, it, that's got to present some challenges because there's sometimes I bet you guys don't want to wait, but maybe you do. Maybe you're going to have to wait a little more.
1: It's always a cat and mouse game. So, the ideal situation is you're getting out ahead of the market early in the week, at Monday, yeah. Tuesday, Wednesday. The reality is limits are much lower then, so it's difficult to get your entire position down. So you are waiting a little bit Thursday, limits rise. Friday, limits really rise. Game day odds. Uh, game day, uh, the, the limits rise exponentially. But at that point, the line is a little bit tighter. Sure. So it's always been that cat and mouse Uh, I I think, you know, not to get too far into it, but we have seen a different type of sports better really have an impact on this market. The guy that doesn't need to get more than $500 down or $1,000 down, going even on Sunday nights now uh, because limits are not a problem for him, they've really impacted this market greatly. Uh, So it's kind of our job now, Monday, Tuesday, getting ahead of the market as best we can that's already kind of been left, so to speak. But, yes, we have waited on games in the past. Sure, Uh, We probably will a little bit more this season, I would think. But when it comes to the NFL, the one positive there is the public has their say. It's the largest bet sport. The public is fully entrenched. I think we still will have some opportunities now as, as we expect volume to increase as sports betting has gotten more popular. There will be some situations, especially primetime games, where we're able to wait, let the public do our bidding, and then get a potentially better number there right before kickoff.
0: So, since let's stick with the NFL. Have you? I mean, we haven't seen any starting quarterbacks opt out or anything like that. But you know, you've seen a, a handful of you know a linebacker here an offensive lineman there. Has anyone opted out yet that dramatically changes things as you guys see it from a team or betting standpoint?
1: At this point, no, but I would think we're going to see a couple more players decide to opt out before August 4th. Again, that's the deadline. We saw six players for the Patriots opt out. I can tell you their win total has been adjusted by about half a game uh, because of those six players. Marcus Cannon, the right tackle, is a big loss. High tower. the man in the middle, is a big loss. But so far, we haven't had that player to dramatically swing things. We saw Kansas City recently. An interior lineman is out. Damian Williams decided he was going to opt out. Uh, I guess Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has been the big winner. We have seen his rookie of the year odds drop dramatically. Was it about 6 or 7 to 1, depending on where you shopped, with Damian Williams officially opting out, now down to about 4 to 1 on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to wow. win rookie of the year. Hi- Give me
0: from just a, a broad standpoint, Tom Brady to, to Tampa Bay. How what kind of impact does that have on the on the Bucks?
1: Massive. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, when you were looking at Tom Brady's impact on the Bucks, they were favored in about four games last year. You look right now, they're favored in about twelve. Sheesh. Okay. Yeah. And I think from a game flow perspective things are going to change dramatically. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin might not be the best fantasy players. I think they're still going to be very good, but they're not going to be like they were last year when you have Jameis Winston effectively chucking the ball all over the park, whether that was good or bad for his team or not. Uh, I think we're going to have a little more controlled offense with Tom Brady. And I think that's going to change things. I I know a lot of people are high on the bucks. Uh, Obviously they are a media darling right now, but it'll be interesting to see how they are in the betting market. We know their numbers uh, are, are, you know, Tom Brady's so important. But I think the key thing here to realize is what's gone on defensively for the Bucks. This was one of the worst defensive teams in the NFL. All of a sudden, Casey Rogers, a key defensive lineman, uh, line coach, comes over. That defense actually finished fifth in efficiency last year. So it's not just about Tom Brady and the offense and the weapons. We really saw that defense make strides last year. Tampa feels like a pretty complete team. The only question mark with them is their secondary. And they were in they were behind in a lot of games last year. So that secondary didn't necessarily get tested. Now that they're probably going to be leading in a bunch of games, the secondary is the only question mark I think we really have about the Tampa Bay Bucks.
0: So I won't I won't ask you to to reveal classified information because I don't know if your power rankings in the NFL are straight up classified right now, but I want to <laughs> give me give me your thoughts on Kansas City because Obviously, reigning Super Bowl champs, Patrick Mahomes, we saw the big offseason deal. We we know what he can do. The guy's jaw-droppingly amazing. But at the end of the day, Payne, they also needed big big comebacks in the playoffs to win a couple of games, right? I mean, even the Super Bowl, they almost kind of felt dead in the water a little bit at at, at a certain juncture in the second half, and then ultimately they win the game. How do you is Kansas City the best team in the NFL to you?
1: They are not. Okay. So I will divulge this because it's not that big of a secret. I think everybody kind of has an idea of who the top three teams are um, for us. And, and those numbers, those orders could be jostled a little bit. But mm-hmm. for us, it's it's Baltimore, it's Kansas City, and then San Francisco. And I think the key with those teams are smart continuity. And we're going to hear about continuity a lot, but it's the key is smart continuity, right? Analytically sound coaching staff. Systems already in place, no major roster adjustments. So those are my three highest power-rated teams as it stands right now. I think it's interesting. Baltimore, to me, is going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. They got out to all these leads last year. They weren't familiar with playing behind. Suddenly they get punched in the face in the playoff game, and they're playing from behind. I think what we're looking at from Baltimore, the defense added a lot of key cogs, bringing over Calais Campbell. They sure up the linebacker unit in the draft. Um, I I really like what they're going to do. And you think about their system. It's not really complex, and I think that's the key, at least early on in the season. We're not going to have time to implement these new systems with the shortened offseason and potentially no preseason games whatsoever. So I think these teams that have smart continuity are really yeah, going to be ahead of the eight ball here early on in the season, and that's my big three. I, I, I think Baltimore one, Kansas City two, uh, and San Francisco, still a lot to offer there uh, with Kyle Shanahan.
0: When, you, when you're looking at, at football lines, and you know, because we're going to get to college here in a second, and I'd imagine college is going to be like this, uh, how much does reduced capacity make a difference in lines for football? as you see it? I think it's big. Yeah.
1: I, I, I really do. Listen, like at its core, home field advantage, home court advantage, whatever sport it is at the professional level has decreased substantially over the last handful of years, you, right? Like mm-hmm. you just have these, uh, you know, the travel and the comfort that you can now travel with the increased technology where you can prepare for opponents on the plane. If you look at the NFL, for instance, you would hear betters talk about three points as the average home field advantage just a handful of years ago. In the NFL, it's more like 2.2 points right now. Okay. But, you know, just like across the board, Nick, I, I think to me, uh, at the football level, it has the largest impact because yeah. we know what 85,000 screaming, no doubt. intoxicated fans can do <laughs> to an opposing <laughs> offense, right? Yes. I, I think you can cherry pick some other sports, right? A a specific team or maybe a specific venue, right? Maybe the Allen Fieldhouse
0: or Utah Utah Jazz, like, you know, specific places where, yeah, you know, you go
1: play the Jazz in Salt Lake City, like... Uh, On a back-to-back at altitude, (laughs) right? (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) It's a huge advantage. Now all of a sudden you go to the bubble and you're like, eh, not really sure. The other thing that's really interesting here, but it's like the other avenue, of, of gambling. It, it's fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. The smartest DFS players that I speak to have had to adjust their player values for these neutral games, neutral scorekeepers. You know, I know uh, Nikola Jokic sheds 40 pounds, but when you look at Jokic as a player, net rating at home, 8.2 on the road, it's two, and it's because you have the home cooking from the scorekeeper inflating the assists Assist. and the steals and the block number. Yep. So to me, you know, each game, it's its own entity. I think there's going to be a lot of these underlying factors across each sport. Being able to adapt is vital. And, and I think the other interesting thing here, and Nick, you can probably relate with this and speak on it, but like college basketball even. yeah, We wouldn't give as much home court advantage in conference games as we would non-con because players have that experience. They've been to that venue over the course of their three or four year career.
0: It's a great point. I mean, going somewhere for the first time is way different than having been there two or three, four different times. Do you, not to ask a, a, the same question, but for for this bubble in Orlando, the NBA, we're recording this on July 30th. The NBA is getting crack in the night officially. How do you see the neutral site element being a factor for NBA lines and betting? And even when the playoffs get rolling, because I don't know, I mean, I know we saw Braun and Kyrie go on the road and win a game seven. Uh, a couple years back in the finals. But, like, listen, it's, I mean, home court usually kind of made a difference in the NBA in the playoffs, but I, I don't know. I, I I think that's one thing that I'm really interested in kind of seeing play out. But from a gambling standpoint, how do you see the bubble in that neutral site?
1: Yeah, the one team I mentioned was Utah. So I, we're not in love with them at yeah. all. Um, but I think more than the lack of fans having an impact, We're going to see teams in the bubble there just to collect a check. Others are really playing for something. Game to game, knowing which teams are all in, I think, is extremely important. Which teams have continuity, have the focus? There's a lot at stake for a team like Milwaukee right now, right? How they compete, I think, in the bubble impacts a big looming decision for Giannis and free agency. No doubt. And to me, you know, the Bucks seem to be forgotten about. Media-wise, it's all about which team from LA can take the crown. But you look at Milwaukee; they get the the Prez brothers back healthy from their COVID scare, Bledsoe, Connington finally joining the bubble. And you look at some of their odds; the Bucks are plus three fifty. I would be more inclined to look the Bucks way at plus three fifty than it would the Lakers at plus two fifty, because to me, the Rondo, Bradley losses um, have an impact on their on their backcourt. I'm also kind of intrigued to see what's going on with the Clippers here. I like continuity-wise, you know, what they're potentially doing. If you look. Doc Rivers was starting to get it rolling. He mm-hmm. finally had his starting five guys eight games together before the shutdown. But you look, Beverly, Kawhi, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Zubak, they were 20 points per 100 possessions better than their opponents over those eight games. So it's going to be vital. If they can get Beverly back, he was upgraded to questionable tonight. Lou Williams, Montrose Harrell, they look to be available soon. Uh, so I think right now even the Clippers – at a better price. I, I like their their odds better than than I would the Lakers. It's just important to get Lou Williams, Montrose Herald back. I think that will be the case here pretty soon. The hot wings. Sometimes those can provide some issues.
0: Sometimes the story is so good you don't even know what to say. I'm like, this story is incredible. Lou Williams, out of the bubble, goes to Magic City. Get some lemon pepper hot wings like I, I just you know like you can't even even if you and I Payne, were at a Hollywood we were we were meeting with Hollywood writers and we gave them this script they'd be like come on man we gotta have some. this sounds like I don't know if you watch the, the show ballers on HBO but it sounds like it's something that you would see in ballers on
1: HBO. Oh, absolutely, no doubt about it. And there are stories, and there are cover-up stories going on for some of these players. Man. It, it's it's pretty wild.
0: It really is. Uh, I don't know if if you don't, you don't have to say. It. Do you, Do you have a dark horse? Do you have like Do you have a team that's maybe all you know? Not because everybody talks about the Clippers, the Bucks, the Lakers. Do you, Do you have a team that's maybe looming that would be a kind of a long shot, something to take a flyer on that you kind of think could make some noise here in this bubble?
1: Every pro better I speak with seems to like the Houston Rockets in this format. You know, there's going to be a lot of variants. Why not latch on to the team that plays with extreme variants in Houston? You know, a lot of threes, a lot of savvy betters grab Houston 20 to one. That price is 16 to one. I'm in agreement there, but they just had the injury to Eric Gordon. I think he's a vital right with that small ball lineup. So they're saying two weeks on him. That would hurt. The 76ers are intriguing now that Ben Simmons is confident shooting the ball. We know his ability already as a defender. We saw it last postseason. There's really one guy with his size, length, and athleticism that can make Giannis uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I know people are talking about the Raptors because they're finally healthy. And shockingly, uh, if you look, had a better net rating this season without Kawhi. I just don't see the upside there for them as a team. Uh, Denver, intriguing as well, Nick. So, those are some of the underlying teams, yeah. but I think that the main dark horse there that pro betters gravitated towards were the Houston Rockets.
0: So I guess now we'll transition to Major League Baseball now. I'll ask the same question about everything else. What about no fans for Major League Baseball? Like, does that how big of an impact does having cardboard cutouts in the stands make for <laughs> for lines?
1: I, I was thinking if we could find out the price on those. <laughs> We can we can take a picture of ourselves, make sure we're in our company garb, yep, and, and maybe use that as a marketing opportunity. I think but it's I a, I think it's a no brainer, that.
0: right? Put bet the board podcast and the Nick Bob podcast right behind home plate for like a Royals Brewers game or something like that. I mean, that's just money well spent. If you ask me, I, I,
1: I don't know your colors, but ours are bright orange. I think <laughs> you'll it'll stand pop, out. So. I know. I need to change <laughs> my colors. <laughs> so you know, in terms of MLB and and the fans not being there. To us, MLB games have the least amount of impact of any sport in terms of fans. Where we find home field advantage is most important kind of lies within how your baseball team is built and how it's constructed to that specific ballpark, right? The simplest thing I can say is having fly ball pitchers at Coors Field, not ideal. No. Um, Having a team with contact hitters in a big ballpark might serve uh, better than a lineup with nothing but power hitters. So, you know, I think that's the key for us when we're looking at uh, home field advantage with ballparks. Fans really play a a minimal role here. Um, And I know so far road teams have started out very, very well through the early part of this MLB season. Again, uh, very shortened. Baseball is a sample size sport. So it's going to be tough operating this year.
0: Yeah, I I want you to expand on that because, you know, usually in a stance to reason, to think that over the course of 162 games... The, the pretenders get separated from the contenders. You know, someone can have a good month or a good couple of weeks. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to sustain it over the course of 162 games. But that's just kind of the, the interesting element of a shortened 60-game season where a team could get hot and, you know, you could kind of be mathematically eliminated fairly quickly because you just don't have enough games to kind of get back onto, on on track. How do you kind of see the, the shortened season playing a role in things?
1: Oh, no doubt about it. And as I alluded to, it's a sample size sport. So an abbreviated schedule, I think, definitely changes things dramatically. And I think we saw that in the future pricing if you looked at the long shots on the board, they were manually shifted downwards by sports books, right? Mm-hmm. And the one rule change, I think, of note this year that, that's really important, Nick, is the vast majority of sports books change their baseball rules so that money lines are graded as action now, meaning no matter the pitcher, your money line bet stands. So if you bet a game thinking – as we saw opening day, Clayton Kershaw was pitching, and he gets scratched before the game. Your bet still stands. Previously, uh, you could list pitchers. If that pitcher was scratched, you'd be refunded. It feels kind of lazy from sportsbooks, but you know they don't want to spend their entire day refunding tickets. Right, right. At the same time, I think the guys with the best information are going to have an advantage here. So books seem willing to kind of leave themselves exposed so they don't have to handle the refund credit process. Again, feels kind of lazy, but... Uh, that's where we're really at. You know, when we look at our numbers, right, is important with the lineups. So we are monitoring these lineups. Very importantly, we saw Juan Soto scratched on, on opening night. We felt he's about 13 cents worth in value to, to the line. Um, so we have every single player mapped out what we believe their value is, what we believe the starting pitcher value is, what we believe the bullpen values are. And that's kind of how we're we're adjusting things on the fly. We're sitting in front of our computers. We're making sure these lineups are correct. As soon as a guy gets announced out, we're making that adjustment. And if we find value in the line, that's kind of how we're operating. It's, it's on the fly. It's right. a lot more work this year. Sure. Again, we just talk about it. You, you have to adapt.
0: Well, and uh, college football give me some insight into just how hard it is right now to size up college football and imagine you're you know you're comment in the NFL about roster continuity and all those things kind of a probably apply to college too I mean the more veteran teams with staffs that have been in place are at a, at a big advantage over I mean if you're a te- if you're a Michigan State let's say and you got a first- year head coach and you're bringing in a, and that's like I mean a nightmare but how hard is it to sink your teeth into college football because you you know didn't have a spring ball practice has been cut pretty much not a normal off season you also got conference only schedules i don't even know how you guys would sit down and, and and try to dive into it
1: i'm gonna put this mildly very frustrating <laughs> yeah. All right. so, uh, my guys typically will start their prep maybe a month after bowl season ends for the upcoming year and I think we followed a similar path, but I can tell you, and I'll be honest, at one point we shut down our college football prep altogether for about seven, eight weeks. Yeah. And it's just that human nature. It's like, we think we're going to be fine here with our prep. We know these teams pretty well at this point. Um, let's not kill ourselves here because listen, these guys aren't getting paid. Yeah. There's a likelier chance that those games get shelved before the NFL. But when we're looking at college football, right now, I think it's headed in the right direction, I know the ACC announced its plans for an 11-game schedule. I would still make all 11 games being played an underdog. <laughs> but I can, I, I can tell you this offseason, again, it's been hell. I, I mean, a team that I am familiar with um, and close to is, is Mike Norvell's Florida State Seminoles. Mm-hmm. This is literally a year zero for him in that organization. Mm-hmm. This isn't year one. I and mean, he's trying to implement a brand-new system on the fly Uh, it's been extremely difficult to do with all these restrictions that COVID's brought on, obviously. And you start to look at what it means, not just for this year, but as a program top to bottom. And you you look at Mike Norvell. We first got the job. He's trying to save the 2020 recruiting class. His competition now. They have loads of commits for 2021 already. His staff's trying to make these inroads in a state and, and he can't meet coaches or players. Uh, I, I think the impact that, you know, this, current situation has is far greater than just the wins and losses on the field this season. But I would expect overall more vanilla offenses. Uh, First year coaches are at a major disadvantage. Even like week to week, the things we'll deal with, right? The way teams operate their meeting rooms at a college level, you typically have the same position groups room together. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're a coaching staff, you would be an absolute fool to do it that way this year, because one of the guys in your meeting room catches COVID It could take out the entire position group. If you at least mix your players, now you're dealing with one QB, one linebacker, one safety, one running back maybe in this example, and you can survive that type of grouping. You can if all four quarterbacks catch it. You don't have a starting quarterback that week. Right. So it's going to be really interesting to see how these coaches navigate things. I mean, something as innocuous as halftime. Right? Are we going to like go back to the old oranges and huddling there in the end zone? I, the locker rooms at this point feel like the you know the, the entry point for this. Right. The this, worst uh, possible scenario. Right. I, yeah. I, I just don't know if we're going to be spending as much time in, in the locker rooms. I, it's going to be really interesting. And the one thing that we've had to discuss, and it looks like, you know, the the, the leagues are getting this handled, but like bowl season, are we really sending people? back home to their friends and family, and then bringing them back for uh, effectively a scrimmage. I would expect, you know, the playoff games to be played, but the bowl games, that's going to be really interesting. I know we went to this conference-only schedule to really help aid uh, and assist these teams that want to play big boy football. Like, you don't know what the smaller schools are going to do to clean their facilities. It's going to be tough if you have a, you know, million-dollar organization like Clemson. Why would you have ever stuck them on the field with, Another team that's not abiding by these and spending millions cleaning their facilities, sure. and some of those teams just can't do it. Right, they don't have the money. Right. So it, it's it's been a wild, wild off season. Yeah, what a headache,
0: man. I mean, <laughs> it has been a headache to try to track and make sense of. Do you? We'll get you out of here on this. This is how we used to get you out of here on my old radio show. Do you have some sort of best bet or or lean to kind of of, of looking into sports gambling that you you got for my audience to kind of maybe just take a look at? You got anything for the people, Payne?
1: So, very difficult. Let's just put it that way. I don't know when you're going to release this. Right. And I should just say, hey, your most loyal listeners are going to, you know. Yeah, they'll get it, uh, gobble it up right away. They're going to get it because we can give them out something that starts at 7 o'clock tonight. But, you know, for the airplay factor here, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Um, (laughs) Look
0: at you. You're a savvy veteran.
1: Yeah, let's go. Uh, Let's go to the NFL, and again, we've kind of navigated this by not using win totals, but let's go with the Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East. Again, if the season's shortened, you can still cash this bet. Um, Right now, you can get them at about plus $1.40, and I think with some of these adjustments, uh, with players opting out of New England, it it says something. right? It's just not about those guys opting out. It's what does it mean? right and i think now we love bill belichick we know he rules with an iron fist over there and i think that works when you have a super bowl contender not quite sure it does if you have a middling team and these guys opting out key cogs i I think says a lot to what's going on there uh so we like the buffalo bills a lot of continuity there it's on josh allen to make take that next step but uh Adding Stephon Diggs is huge.
0: Man, Payne, this has been outstanding. I mean, make sure everybody follows him on Twitter, at Payne Insider. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Bet the Board Podcast. Payne and Todd Furman do a great job breaking every single element down, as you can tell by listening to uh, to Payne. He is a thorough, detailed individual. Uh, Payne, uh, we, we got to do this again, man. I appreciate it so much. It was great to uh, catch up with you, man.
1: Appreciate you having me on, and uh, congratulations on the new addition to the family.
0: Appreciate it, man. Just mar- just in 18 years, just get ready. He, he's We're going to have a future, hopefully like a 6'4 combo guard. That's what we're going for, 6'4 combo guard, all right? He's going to be worth a half a point, all right? That's I, what the point lo- is.
1: Oh, you got to shoot higher than that. <laughs> oh,
0: We'll start. We'll start. Let's make sure. Let's get him potty trained first, and then we'll That's start. True. Then we'll incrementally increase how many points he's valued. We you know?
1: what we need to make sure though is Dad's not in jail. He's not yelling at people <laughs> driving by the neighborhood too fast. I, I saw that you tweet. Saw that from tweet. Me. <laughs> so we need you to be around. Man, okay? hey, take people. it easy on the guys speeding in your your development.
0: Keep kids alive. Drive twenty five, <laughs> Payne. All right, I like it, Payne. Great stuff, man. Uh, thank you so much. All right, buddy. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door, now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. A part